I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today's Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Hilary Deshane. Yes. Here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Hillary, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? Yes, thanks, Leanna. Well, hello, friends. I can't tell you how thrilled I am to be here. I write cozies because I is a cozy reader, and I know we have lots in common, and I'm sure that Leanna is going to walk us through the ways that if we ever run into each other on the street, we'll be instant friends. (laughs) Oh, I hope so, because I love making new friends, and cozies are such a great community. Yes. So my first question, is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? Uh, (laughs) Yes. Um, Actually, yes. Um, Well, first of all, I have, um, I'm the parent of two fur kids. Uh, Currently, my supervising editor, Ambrose, the Siamese, and uh, Jocko, the Black Lab, who is our morale officer. And... (laughs) And so uh, I've been an animal owner, uh, let's see, six decades now. And um, so they're all day, every day, my animals inspire me. And then outside that, um, I'm retired from law enforcement. And that certainly gives me additional um, background or foundation in some of the the criminal things and then on top of everything else i i guess i just have a morbid uh sense of humor and <laughs> you know crimes interest me I, I spent many years serving as a court officer and so the investigative point of evidence how do you prove something or if i'm planning a crime i always start with the 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 crime the murder usually and then how would I prove this or how would I hide it? And so that real life um, experience and training definitely plays a huge part in my writing. That's great. I actually, I'm a cozy author myself and I just find it hard not to put a little bit of myself into my books. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, and I think um, I think it's commitment. I I I wouldn't. I don't write things. I don't ask my readers to allow me their precious time and attention unless I'm writing something that that I, I would want to give headspace to. And so um, I. I I think a lot of us cozy writers and readers have a real commitment to um, the story, to writing a really great story. And so it's that commitment. So you and I, we've talked about that. We, we put our, we not only put our effort, our sweat equity into it, writing it, but we invest our mental energy and our love into it. And I hope that communicates itself to the reader. Absolutely. That that is one of the big hopes with writing in general, really, is does our books connect? Does our books connect? Oh, <laughs> I know. I is a writer. 
I'm, I'm there. I, use your words. <laughs> Do our books connect with the reader? Right. Um, do our books give that feeling of the the community, the the you know the love in ways that yeah. cozies express for these small towns, small settings, right. and and the characters? Because uh, now, granted, uh, cozy is a a, a perennial uh, and. As times change, history affects us. the The genre is is not static, and you're you're seeing daughter subgenres. But wouldn't you say that that at the beating heart of the of cozy mysteries is characters? We want we readers want to be in the midst of a community and a group of characters. And even though they may not all be uh, admirable or people that are gonna be our natural friends, it's still about connecting, getting to know other people. Absolutely, absolutely. So on this track, would you have any advice for those who would wanna write their own cozies or mysteries in general? <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, actually I, I do. Um, and, and the, the first one, uh, comes, if I think it's true in any, any, any genre, read, read your genre and read subgenres and read widely outside your genre. You should know the literary forefathers and foremothers of, of your own genre but also you should be pretty well read, uh, meaning you start to absorb what works and what doesn't. And I personally think that is a better education than, um, I, I do a fair amount of, of mentoring and, and have done a fair amount of teaching in the past. And you have newer writers come in and the, they've got a head full of rules. I heard that you must never do this. You must always do that. Well, you know, always and never, except for death and taxes, probably. Mm. But what you want to do is um, be on the upper side of mid-range, right? And uh, they used to call it mental golf, right? The more you're around good writing, the more you smell it and feel it and emulate it. So read a lot, know your genre. Um, gosh, um, get to know other writers. The old thing about the starving act, the starving uh, lonely writer in the garret who only comes out once <laughs> a year on Christmas Eve. Uh, writing is a, is a relational thing because you know, the book that you write and the book that I read the book I read of yours is different than the book my neighbor reads. We, we negotiate the actual text between us. So it is a communal thing. And, and also um, upstream of that, writers do write in community. Uh, I, I can't sit next to every reader who's bought my book and said, oh, what I really meant was. <laughs> so you need other writers 
you know, iron sharpens iron. Build a good writing community of trust. It doesn't happen overnight. People who are invested in your success and you're invested in theirs and then help each other develop into the best writer you can be. And I think between those two things, you're probably going to do okay. And that is some great advice. And I completely agree with the reading. Well, I agree with both of them. But reading and learning about the four writers of whatever your genre is. For me, the mystery genre. I thought, okay, I've read a few Cat Who books. I'm fine. But now I've gotten into... Um, Mary Roberts Reinhardt, Todd Downing, Agatha, yeah. well, not so much Agatha Christie. I've, uh, I'm about to lose my mystery uh, membership uh, right here, but <laughs> I uh, find Agatha Christie slightly boring. <laughs> okay. Um, P.D. P. James. Um, and, you know, the, the thing about um, writing mysteries, cozies, thrillers, suspense, uh we're we're all kind of uh planets in the same solar system so here's some other fabulous uh writers such as ray bradbury mm. ray bradbury was a giant uh among american writers and internationally acknowledged mm -hmm. and he wrote everything from you know kind of edging into the horror genre to very sweet and touching um, character examinations. But that man could hook you, right? Hook you in the first couple of paragraphs, don't we all need that? And uh, create an identification with a character, uh, interest in a setting and pull you along. Our, that's what we all wanna do. So, you know, there's another writer for you. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that'll always hook me in a book is the first line. Mm -hmm. Like Voyage of the Dawn Shredder. Mm -hmm. His name was Eustace. I can't remember the whole thing. He was his name was Eustace and he almost deserved it. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> I know. Beautiful. There, and... there are some some writers that you stop and you read over, they're just tasty right yes yeah uh, even like a, the one i mentioned before todd downing he captured the setting of a hot texas summer within the first few lines and it's like i want to write like this this is awesome yeah yeah and that's what we i think that's true in any discipline um whether it's tennis or writing uh we need to see what the goal not only the goal is it's not enough to say i want to write better i want to be a better tennis player you have to see what that is and and what it feels like and so just as you said liana you know with downing it's like oh i can feel it see it read it that's what i want to do aspire to right so while we're on the topic of books and what makes them great 
Do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? Oh man. Oh my gosh. Um, so favorite character of mine? Yes. Uh all. Um so as a writer, you're probably you've had the same experience. So uh a writer's life for those of you who are listening who maybe um aren't in the publication um, assembly line, you're you're writing, uh, you're always got it, probably at least three books going on at the same, same time, uh, meaning there's the draft you're actually writing, what we call a whip or word in, uh, work in progress. There's the one that's done and now you're editing and um, preparing for publication and then on the beginning of the pipeline, because you got to keep the widgets moving down, <laughs> you've got uh, you're you're drafting, you're outlining a new story, and then in between all that time, because our writer brains never shut off or shut up, um, there you're always like, oh, what is that? Or you hear overhear someone's conversation, and you like for me, it's like, oh, I could kill someone that way. Let me think about <laughs> that all the time. Um, and I have uh, a number of friends who are still working law enforcement or are physicians, and I'll call them up and say, "Hey, I, you know, if I if I uh, killed someone with a swizzle stick that I just got, uh, you know, could I hide it this way? And what would be the symptoms and that sort of thing?" So I've got a lot of it's like a cocktail party in my head all the time. A lot of characters in there, and then you're writing marketing copy, doing interviews. I I still freelance. I pay my bills with. Um, I do um, feature journalism. So you're doing all that. So sometimes characters uh, that thought they were in the pipeline to get on the page have to be put on hold. They have to stay in the green room. And and so sometimes they're polite about that. And sometimes they wake me up and they're jabbering. Um, <laughs> my, my, I would have to say my favorite character is in my second book, Throw a Dog, A Dead Man's Bone. Um, and that's the one that that won the um, Cat Writers of America Best Mystery Award uh, a couple of years ago. The um, main animal character there, the point of view character named Grim or Pilgrim, was based on um, uh, my old dog, um, uh, Nathan, who had since passed away. And Nathan was just the most noble, wonderful character and Grimm, the character based on him, um, you know, do dogs, I just hope I did him justice. So I would have to say that, that Grimm, Pilgrim, yeah, just, he was just a heart dog. So, but I've got some more coming up because I have a new series coming that I want to start in the, the spring. And I, I also have a heart horse. And so I'm looking <laughs> for getting her on the page. So. I have a future character that's also a favorite. <laughs> How about that? Well, <laughs> that is very relatable. Very, very relatable. Because I've got like, okay, like you said, multiple projects. I just finished Nano mm -hmm. in two weeks. For those of you who don't know, Nano is National Novel Writing Month. <laughs> so I just finished that project in a ridiculous two weeks. Do you, <laughs> do, you have, 
Do you have fingers left or are they worn to nubbins? <laughs> I have fingers left. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's waiting to go to the editor. I started the sequel to that book. And I'm also co-writing a book with another author. Yeah, I'm constantly flitting between universes and they're starting to meld. Yes. <laughs> Very much. I, I find do you do you find someone will um so I'm I'm fortunate enough to do a fair amount of public speaking and not so people come up to me and said, Oh, I read this book. I, tell me how so how did so and so figure out thus and so? And I'm like, uh I you know, once they're done, half the time I don't read it's like, okay, what was that title again? And, and uh, <laughs> so it's a cocktail party going on here and right all the time and then there's all the material right Lana there's all the material that you you drafted in your first draft and it didn't make the it didn't make the cut so so sometimes readers may not realize um so we write we have word uh word count targets and so some genres, your word count could be, gosh, high fantasy, what, 200,000, right? Monster doorstops. And in cozy <laughs> mysteries, um, you know, 70 to 80,000 is kind of standard, but there's a lot in the 40, 50,000 word, which is short. And novellas are popular. So long, what that means is you could write some really great, exciting, fun scenes. But if you're trying to to stuff 70,000 words into what's got to be a 50,000 word um, uh, cover and, and package, stuff has to go. You have to make hard choices. And so sometimes those scenes, you love them. And you're, you know, they're orphans. And I'm always looking at, well, could I put it in a short story? Could I spin it off into a sequel? Could I put you know, tweak the characters and make that a, a, a new, fresh short story or even a new book. So it's hard, hard to cut those things down. Um, and you still love that stuff. It doesn't mean you cut it because it you didn't like it. And I know what you mean with that. Um, there have been, I'm trying to remember, there was one story I wrote where I really wanted to put a certain scene in. Well, I tried putting it in. I'm a right by the seat of your pants author. And my characters did not like the scene as much as I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, fine, fine. This yeah. pretty scene that I wanted here will wait. <laughs> that is, and that is so, it, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that, Lana. That is so true. And, uh, you know, if you want to loop back to advice for newer writers is if you write a scene and it's it you know it functions and it and it advances the plot and um you know mechanically it works but it just doesn't feel right you know it's it that is uh, that i think that's an instinct you should listen to and particularly, like, if your dialogue of your characters, it feels like you're doing stage directing. He went here, 
he touched this, he opened that, and it's not flowing. It could very well be your inner writer, your character is saying, I'm sorry that I'm doing this under protest. This isn't me. <laughs> and um, I, I heard a definition once of a, of a writer as being a functional schizophrenic. <laughs> because we not only have voices in our heads, we talk with them and they tell us stuff. And you start to hone that inner ear where no matter how badly you need that um, section of the plot moved along, it, it's not organic. I like organic is a good way, is a way I use it. If it, it just, um, what, what will, let's see, readers, or if, if it's, if it's a screenplay, you're, um, you know, it's just like a cardboard character or they'll say, oh, it's just a plot device. I don't, I don't ever want that. And one guard against that is if it's not organic and that means your characters are just, you're kind of having to force them to do it, which means you shouldn't do it. Get, get that information in some other way. But yeah, those, those pesky characters, sometimes they know best. <laughs> yeah, not unfortunately. Always. Yeah, not always. <laughs> not always. But there are times, for me at least, where it's like, I'll do something that didn't feel right to the character. All of a sudden, they become a petulant two-year-old and yep. cause writer's block. Very much. <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, fine, we will have a sit down. What did I do wrong? <laughs> well, or or you have the situation where, um, particularly with... with um, Anything that's that's heavily plotted, meaning it's it's got a uh, problem plot, so a mystery, a thriller. There's a puzzle to be solved. Um, you can go, you know, ears flat, ninety miles an hour straight ahead because you've got, you know, I can do this, I can do this, and you get to the end and you read it and go, oh my gosh, but how did they know? And you miss one thing because all of your characters, you're all jammed along and you've got this dialogue, the relationships are great. And there's there's a hole, there's a plot hole, right? And and it's like a, a you know, ball of yarn all of a sudden, you know, or a snag and a carpet, a tapestry, and then you have to go all the way back to zero <laughs> and catch the end of that thread where it broke. So sometimes characters are, are like... Um, Oh, yeah, 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 this is great. You know, it's that old thing about uh, hold my, uh, someone will say, bet you can't do it. Hold my beer. Watch me. That's, <laughs> that's dangerous, too. And I, I have yes. some. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's like sometimes you need to rein them in. <laughs> oh, the second book in my series. Oh, my gosh. I had it all laid out for a certain killer. Yeah. Oh, no. Character over here who was supposed to be a nice little side character comes in like Kuzco from Emperor's New Groove, kicks in the door and says, I'm here. It was me. Wow. And, like, and it's like, dude, the clues were not set up for you. <laughs> now, so in a situation like that, were you able, because your brain created all that, were you able to go back and use your original intended killer as the red herring? Or did you have to completely replot? Um, it was not as a red herring, but as a, a side 
uh, almost a sub sidekick, not okay. sub sidekick, but it was like there. It turned out to be like there's two characters who are in on it. So there was the killer, and then their little sidekick forced into the situation person. So it makes it more complex then. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Isn't it funny the way some, when that works and it's <laughs> almost like, well, I did that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yay me. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm secretly near brilliant. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And then your characters go on to the next book and you're just like, I am stupid. <laughs> It is, it's um, very humbling. Yes. Very humbling. Or or someone will, uh, uh, you'll get a review or a critique or even just someone who's read it, you know, book sign, they'll say, I always wondered, so I, you know, I accept how you worked it out, but I always wonder, how come you didn't blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I just wasn't that smart that day. <laughs> I'll make a note for next time. I can't remember. There was a thing I saw once that, and in the scenario, it was, it was like a superhero cartoon or something where the character says, being a superhero is the only job where you can get complimented and insulted at the same time. And now that you think about being a writer, uh, nope, not the only job. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we're we're so yes, we're we're so in that space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure we have many stories to share along that line. Oh yes, just look at an Amazon critique <laughs> page. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, yes, <laughs> love the book. But it arrived from the shipper damaged one star. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like, I can't control that it ended up damaged. You don't do one star for the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, which is another thing for young writers is, or newer writers is get used to the fact that everyone is a critic and you'll be <laughs> criticized for everything. And that's part of the job you're signing up for. And it, you have to, you have to learn. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say I have a thick skin. I think I've just learned how to have a nice face and then go and talk myself. <laughs> hey, it's the job. Um, yeah, you, that happens, but that's also a good reason. Um, I know as a buyer of books or a reader, I look, I tend to look at um, reviews. I look at the outliers. I look at the five stars and the one stars because I want to know what readers are loving and what they're hating. And, um, and in the one star, sometimes you'll see things like we just talked about, love this book, uh, you know, pack, cover was wrinkled and you learn that you are only as great or as terrible as your last review and most of them are 
uh, you know, ephemeral. Don't, don't, don't believe your best or your worst reviews. Great advice. Well, I am running out of time, running short on time. This has been great talking with you. Love I do have you. one more question. Um, how can my snoops and sleuths follow you? Because it has been so much fun. I'm sure they're going to want to. Yes. Well, thank you. So uh, uh, on my uh, Amazon author page at Hillary Deshane, and I, I know it's 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 not spelled intuitively, but uh, if you if you put in H I L L A R I Deshane D E S C H A N E, or um, throw a dog a dead man's bone, no one's got that title, <laughs> and you'll find me and follow me. I'm also on Facebook and my website HillaryDeshane.com. Uh, you can sign up for my newsletter, which is called the Forensics Team Report, and that's Fur Forensics Team. And I've got a book coming out next one for Christmas. Here's the cover, which is uh, A Christmas Stocking, which is the second in the Cats of Christmas series, uh, Regency set. And it's uh, a cracking good mystery, classic locked room murder mystery, which is solved by a fabulous heroic tuxedo cat with a little something extra in the way of giftedness and you'll love it you'll love him and uh, I encourage you to check out the backlist and there's more coming in the spring oh that book sounds great and I will be sure to include the link in the show's notes appreciate that thanks Liana this has been delightful and I hope everyone has a fabulous Thanksgiving Day, there's always something to be thankful for. And today I'm especially thankful to make a new friend with all of you and spend time with you, Liana. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. And I'd like to thank you all for joining me on this journey of making the show great. If you want to hear Cozy Mysteries read by live actors, check out The Cozy Mystery Rats Maze wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy. I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Emma Sheffold. Did I say that right? It's Emma Shelford. Shelford. But, I am so my, sorry. <laughs> my pen name's actually Michelle Ford. Ah. <laughs> I have with me... <clears throat> Michelle Ford, here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Would you like to introduce yourself to my snoops and sleuths? Sure, thanks very much. Yes, yeah, so I'm Michelle Ford, and uh, let's see, uh, what about me? I write culinary cozy mysteries, um, and I live on the west coast of Canada, so that's where they take place. Um, let's see, I'm also um, a fantasy author. Um, I write under the name Emma Shelford for that one. And um, yeah, so it, my, my Michelle Ford name is actually a play on my Emma Shelford name. That's why they sound quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? Though you kind of covered that in your intro. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So yeah, I do. I do live on the west coast of Canada. Um, my my series is about uh, a woman who moves to a, a small island off the coast here. Um, I, I made it a fictional island, but it's very closely 
based on uh, an island called Salt Spring Island. And I, I visit the islands frequently, and I definitely take notes <laughs> on the the type of people who live there. They're uh, they're they're very quirky, which is wonderful. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just I just take things for my life. Absolutely. Um, we have a neighbor. I live in a fairly rural area, and we have a neighbor who walks her horse, but she also takes her pet goat on a leash when she takes her horse out for a walk so that and uh I guess my love for cheese I brought that in because if I'm going to write about food might as well write about my favorite food and I brought it into my story so yeah I definitely grab things for my life and bring them into my writing <laughs> that's great I'm I actually find that it's hard as a writer not to grab things from <sighs> our personal lives and put them into the writing because I actually write, write what you know <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I write cozy mysteries, uh, the Mystic Ranch mysteries, and I gave my character my love of watching old black and white movies. Mm -hmm. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And it's it's always fun to do that, but it's also kind of like, really, I'm putting that much of myself into my books. <laughs> I know. Get to know your authors fairly intimately that way. <laughs> yeah, right. So when it comes to writing, or cozies or just writing in general, do you have any advice for new authors? Uh, yeah, so, um, and I just, let's see, um, read your genre, definitely, to get a feel for what readers might want and then how to incorporate incorporate what you want to write with what readers want to read um so it's interesting so yeah i wrote i just wrote whatever for my fantasy series but when i wrote my um cozy mysteries i i wanted to be a little more intentional about it so i picked a very specific subgenre culinary cozy mysteries and um i kind of played with that uh which it just kind of neat it, it's it's some constraints but within the constraints you can be really you can kind of work with it you know um so i you know I, i'm sticking with cheese and just making that my brand and my newsletter talks about cheese and and my you know social media i put cheese on it um i mean it's easy because i love cheese <laughs> and cooking um and then it's it's easy to kind of expand within that small niche so yeah i guess pick a specific subgenre and you can play around with it a lot yeah definitely and Cozy mysteries have so many to choose from, from mm -hmm. cooking to crafting to books to, you name it, you could probably find it in the cozy genre somewhere. Absolutely. You have a, you have a wide variety of things to choose. <laughs> yeah. There was one I even read that was like paranormal travel, I guess you could ah. put as a subgenre. It's called Chihuahua of the Baskervilles. Uh-huh. Well, there, there you go. You can make your own subgenre, <laughs> and then just lean into it, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. I kind of did that with the Mystic Ranch, where I based it in a world where mythics all exist. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Paranormal there. Excellent. <laughs> so, in your cozy mysteries, or even in your fantasy books do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters 
Oh, golly. Um, I mean, I, I love whoever I'm writing about at the time, so it's a little unfair. They're all my children. No, um, but uh, in my cozy mysteries, um, I'm quite fond of a character called Magnus Pickleton. Um, he's a he's a grumpy old guy. He's um, a big foodie snob. He's got terrible beard hygiene, but he's he's really good in a pinch, and he's he's there for the main character whenever she needs him. Um, but yeah, I've got lots of quirky characters, and just it's so fun to make them super quirky. Um, they've sort of wormed themselves into my heart. Uh, my main character's aunt, a free spirited sort of woman with a pet goat. Um, there's a rebellious teenage daughter of a friend of hers who still has a soft side. Um, there's an older lady um, who's a member of the main character's cheese club who's always darning socks, but nobody knows who she's darning them for. Um, so, yeah, no, I've got lots. I, I like them all. I like them all, well, except for the the villains, obviously. <laughs> but even then, they have their redeeming points. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear that. It's the whole town you especially in cozies you end up falling in love with the whole town mm -hmm. the victim the victim we tend to make our little well it's about time you end it yes <laughs> nobody wants to feel too sad about the victim dying right <sighs> so would do you have any authors that have most influenced your writing Sarah, um, any authors that influenced your writing or, you know, oh, for sure, or role models? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I've come from a fantasy background, so definitely in my youth, there's plenty of Tolkien and Rowling, uh, Madeleine Lingle, um, Tamora Pierce, Dinawyn Jones, and stuff. Um, now I read a lot more uh, urban fantasy authors, um, you know, more adult focused but um they've all taught me lots about characters and plot and writing and all that uh so mystery is a bit of a newer genre to me but i'm really enjoying it um i've been keenly reading annabelle chase and ellery adams and a bit of molly marple lately uh so yeah i've been, been having fun with that for sure oh uh, you just touched my heart with tolkien i am like such an avid tolkien fan <gasps> yeah <laughs> i get you <laughs> i I started my writing with sci-fi and fantasy as well, and Tolkien, C.S. Lewis. Yep. Uh, Adam Lingle. Yep. <laughs> Those were like my bread and butter as a kid, till I oh, discovered Cozy Mysteries, and then it was uh, Lillian Jackson Braun, and perfect. recently getting into the classics, like Reinhardt, Christie, uh, yeah. Downing. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah, no, there's some good ones out there. Holies but goodies. <laughs> so many good ones out there. Actually, it was even my love of old movies that drew me into reading the old mysteries. One of my oh, favorite yeah. old movies is the Thin Man series. Oh, okay. I haven't I haven't watched that one, so to check it out. Oh, William Powell, Myrna Loy, they are the best acting duo in my opinion one of my favorites so definitely check it out yeah thin man <laughs> got it <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh back to your books got off on a little side tangent there but fun <laughs> <laughs> a good one <laughs> if you and your main characters sat down for coffee 
or whatever your preferred caffeine intake is, what drink would they get and what drink would you get? What would, what would she do? Um, yeah, so her name's Brianna West. Um, that's a good question. So uh, her best friend um, likes, oh, what did I say? Uh, like a latte with a shot of vanilla or something like that. Um, but I haven't actually specified Brianna's drink of choice. Um, I'm not really a coffee drinker myself, so I haven't devoted much time to consider it. I'm very much more interested in what she likes to eat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I focus more on the food than the drink, I would say. <laughs> Well, then what food would she get? Like going into a coffee shop, is she a muffin, a croissant, a Danish? Oh. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so she has uh, sort of her signature scones in her in her bakery cafe. Um, they're a, a Asiago jalapeno apricot scone, which I have the recipe for and it's delicious. <laughs> so <laughs> she'd probably go for one of those. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, um, I made a little companion cookbook for the series because I just, why not, right? Culinary cozy right. mystery. And I, I love making recipes, so. <laughs> oh, that that is so cool. I've only done two of my books with, uh, mm. excuse me, with recipes in them. Mm -hmm. And it's only because uh, my main character's uh mythic background is she's what's called a I'm going to get butchered probably for mispronouncing this but a Kawi Anukasha which is oh. a which is a Choctaw Native American version of an elf okay so I include a lot of Choctaw tribal foods and recipes hmm. from her background Oh, neat. That's a good idea. A little, little different too. That's, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. I, I like, I like having the, the recipes. It just adds another, another element, like, uh, another aspect to your reading. You can cook along with them. <laughs> right. So I'm guessing when you're not writing your great books, your hobbies would be cooking. Certainly. <laughs> Cooking and baking, absolutely. Um, I, I dabble at making cheese on my own. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? I, I like to do needle arts, crochet, and cross-stitch. Well, I just started cross-stitching, and I've been making um, cross-stitch bookmarks as giveaways for my newsletter people. They seem to really like those. Um, and then some more active things, like sailing and running and archery. I just like trying new things more than anything. <laughs> That's great. And making your own cheese, that's kind of impressive to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, I, I thought I would be better at it because I actually have uh, I have a PhD in, in oceanography and biological um, like, uh, microbes. And so I was I grew cultures in the lab. That's literally what I did for years. But somehow I can't keep this stupid cheese from going moldy. I can't seem to get my my technique down to get the bacteria to leave it's very frustrating <laughs> oh i bet <laughs> i thought i would be much better at it <laughs> oh. oh well uh, keep trying right <laughs> i i get the liking to try new things because every new year i try and instead of a new year's resolution i try and pick an art form to try 
Ooh, very nice. I've done, I've tried knitting, crochet, needlepoint. Gave that up because I like my fingers too much. <laughs> Fair enough. And I've tried quite a few others. None of them really stick quite as well as writing. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's okay. You're allowed to dabble. Dabbling's right. fun. Makes you well-rounded. Right. Oh, I've had so much fun talking to you. How can my snoops <laughs> Please follow you. Oh, for sure. Um, well, my webpage is kingletbooks.com, K-I-N-G-L-E-T books.com. Uh, and you can find me on all major online retailers under Michelle Ford. I also have a web store at payhip.com slash kingletbooks. Um, and I am on Facebook. I'm not super active on social media, but I am there if you want to come say hello. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Michelle Ford. <laughs> And I will be sure to include the links in the show's notes. Oh, this has been going by so fast. It's been so much fun talking with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. This is wonderful. <laughs> we have one last question. What is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? <laughs> hmm. Um... One complaint. Well, besides the fact that there's so many murders in their poor little town, um, <laughs> probably, I don't know, it's all cheese all the time. They probably want to switch it up and have a little chocolate at some point, but, you know, I'm not going to let them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how my heart breaks for them. <laughs> I have chocolates. <laughs> poor guys. Maybe I'll make a chocolate cheesecake at some point for them. <laughs> oh, those are yummy. <laughs> sorry i'm a little bit of a chocoholic <laughs> yeah no I, I hear you i hear you <laughs> maybe i can do a, a chocolate themed culinary cozy mystery series next <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> but i hear you about the too many murders in small towns i've often wondered in cozy mysteries how do these towns maintain their population <laughs> I know. And how is everyone not just leaving for the for their safety? <laughs> it's like, wait, we're stopping in what town? No, 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 <laughs> no. Not that one. Keep moving on. <laughs> oh. Well, I've had so much fun talking with you. Do you have any? Any questions or anything you'd like to ask? Ah, no, I, I guess not. Um, yeah, beyond, um, yeah, I'm gonna look up your uh, look up your mysteries and uh, have a have a nice evening sitting by the fire reading yours. <laughs> thank, thank you. I'll be doing the same with you because your <laughs> books sound great. <laughs> oh thanks thanks for having me on the show it's been a pleasure well snoops and sleuths you've heard another great interview here on the cozy sleuth i'd like to thank my snoops and sleuths for following me on this journey and if you'd like to be on the show reach out to me at reach out to me at www.thecozysleuth.com slash contacts and we'll get you on the show
Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.